0: Hi there, Cozy's Ben Weber here. It's early in the morning. I'm sitting in a newly constructed cozy zone of sorts. Uh, it's in it's in the bedroom. Um, I have made a little little teal sign with some vinyl stickers that says "Cozy Zone" with Ben Weber. I've painted this piece of wood teal and affixed it with stickers. Uh, there's this little bookshelf that I. I've uh, installed by the wall. I'm I'm like sitting on a stool next to the bed, so I'm not like in the bed. So this isn't, I would say, uh, a, a terribly cozy zone. It's like it's like yearning towards a cozy bed. Um, there's a cup adorned with a bucket boss sheath with all these paintbrushes and and uh, other implements. Uh, of art making that I'm actually really fond of. I'm I'm playing with it now. Uh the books More Than Two and Codependent No More are on the shelf. And I'm getting ready to go to therapy and I am getting ready to introduce to you the one and only WT McRae. WT is a consummate artist, a renaissance man an inspirational figure. Uh, he's a person whose talent defies reason and understanding. And yet he's a person who, uh, I empathize with very greatly because he has fears and worries and insecurities. And I, I, it's hard for me to, Understand how someone who is as powerful and as talented and attractive and inspiring as WT could possibly harbor insecurities. Uh, it was it was a really interesting conversation that I had with him. Uh, he invited me to his apartment before his rehearsal of his uh, performance piece Babel. Uh, he gathers his ensemble together to work on. Um, acrobatics and, and physical expression and balance and, and things like that. And they trained together uh, in order to uh, craft this show inspired by the biblical tale of Babel, uh, where this tower was built by people and then they all spoke different languages and it was all very confusing and then they were flung across the earth. Oh, so, it, it, you know, thinking about the impossibility of communication... Is, is all embodied within babble. Uh yeah. It it was a fascinating conversation. I I got to uh I got to go to his rehearsal, got to talk to him afterwards. Uh you're going to really learn a lot here from WT McRae. So, uh cozy zone friends, thank you for all of your uh social media following. Uh please like the Cozy Zone Foundation on Facebook. Please follow me on Twitter at Cozy Zones, follow me on Instagram at Ben Weber Projects. Visit www.benweberprojects.com for all of your Cozy Zone needs. Uh, you can find all of the episodes that ever were there. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's that's all the places where Cozy Zone lives. So, without further ado, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to Cozy Zone with Ben Weber, Episode Forty Eight. W.T. McRae, on Babble Day, side A. Hey, W.T. Hey, Ben. Welcome to your cozy zone.
1: (laughs) Thanks. Welcome to my cozy zone. Thanks. (laughs) Where are we right now? We are sitting in what I call the breakfast nook of my kitchen, um, here at my kitchen table, uh, with my uh, black and white checkered tablecloth and our, our ceramic gnome here on the table.
0: It's very nice. Uh we have some living <laughs> living things here other than your your succulents. We have a, a bunch of succulents here. Yes,
1: and we have my dogs. Uh one of whom has become convinced that there's a scrap of food under the the uh butcher block. Uh-huh. And he may spend the entire cozy zone <laughs> day trying to retrieve it and eat it.
0: <laughs> He's so serious. His, his
1: stomach knows no bounds. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that 's puck he 's fourteen years old this month,
0: wow, yeah, happy birthday
1: puck yeah he 's an old man his birthday is coming up, and here in the in the plush coziness of mm-hmm. the bed here at our feet is timmy who i 'm um, pretty sure has existential crisis anytime no one 's touching him oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I can relate to that I can too actually yeah. Yeah. maybe i
1: 'm just i 'm actually just anthropomorphizing him to be more like myself.
0: <sighs> ah, <laughs> I, um, I have so many questions for you, WT. I'm really, really grateful that you've carved out the time for this. We have a big day ahead of us. Oh, we
1: do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, we're going to start with all of my questions. Great. And then we're going to go, I'm going to go rehearse with your ensemble. What, yeah. what, where am I going? Well, this is a,
1: we call it company training. Okay. Um, so I've been working with a collaborative team for almost four years now on a project called Babel, uh, which is an acrobatic dance theater storytelling version of the the story of the Tower of Babel from the Old Testament. This myth, this epic myth. Oh. Um, and so we, we get together and um, we have two projects that we're training towards now. And we get together and we explore the body and do some warming up and do some acrobatic learning and some physical theater work. Yeah.
0: I am feeling filled with memory and questions. Uh, I think the first time I met you, WT, was at Central Park uh, for a street fair. I think it was like oh yeah the, that, the we first were, like, week I started frantically making pumpkin
1: puppets. Yeah, things. we were making
0: paper bag puppets yeah. um for the the hundreds of young people who were descending upon us. In the back of us there was a like a Harry Potter Quidditch game going on. Yeah, that was happening. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I think I think this story is illustrative of of kind of my my view of you that has remained constant through my time of knowing you that you are, you are an artist of many, many skills. Um, so you arrived to create, make a craft. So there was this assumption that you were some sort of like sculptural visual artist, but you also came with a very chapped face because you had been working as a clown. And so you had all of this like makeup on you and so so you're a clown, you're a visual artist, you you're talking about acrobatics with babel, you're talking about dance. Um you what 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 don't you do? Is there anything? Okay. Is there any like creative thing that you you haven't yet
1: Ooh.
0: absorbed
1: absorbed played I mean, with? I'm sure I'm sure there are many uh I I have, well, I'm the thoughts are colliding in my head right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, usually my answer to that is like I'm dreadful at sports.
0: Okay, like
1: you throw things at me and they're just gonna hit me in the face. Okay,
0: okay. Which, there's a, that's a whole range of art forms that confound <sighs> me. Uh, that's a that's like a relief. I feel relieved to hear that. I'm also dreadful at sports. <laughs> um, how do you how do you self-identify as? As an artist, like how would you describe your artist self?
1: Oh, that's a that's like an anxiety making question. I won't lie. Yeah, I for me um, too,
0: and I ask for my own solace.
1: I mean, I I, so I've been sort of pressing towards like branding identity for my career, thinking in the in the age of the internet, this is sort of a thing the thing we end up having to do is like curate a narrative about who we are and sort of put it out on these different media platforms you know and like i think a lot about like that's that's the same as making theater in so many ways it's it's a curation of information and image in a way that um that tells a story and so i, I i've been really toying with like in some ways i feel like a, a jack of all trades I like, I do artistic things. You do. And you're very excellent at, at all of them. Some of them.
0: Thank you. Yeah. That I've seen. That. It. You're welcome.
1: I, you know, I mean, I think my, my fear sometimes is when I, when I express the diversity of interests that I, that I follow, like the assumption is like, oh, you must like suck and dabble.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I make a pretty concerted effort to not suck at things I do. I don't always succeed at that, though. So, yeah, I mean, right now, I identify very strongly as a theater maker, um, and I'm sort of actively holding roles that range from directing and producing and choreography to uh, conceptual design and performance, and uh, I'm designing a couple sets right now. Uh, And I'm really pretty devoted to an illustration practice right now trying to be a better visual
0: artist so it makes me think about the interdisciplinary nature of most art forms but specifically theater and the performing arts that mm-hmm. like in order to make theater mm-hmm. you need a set and you need a design for that set you need to be able to communicate your concepts to your collaborators who range from technical people to dramaturgs to, uh, costume makers. And in order to do that, the language of visual art would be very useful.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of think that like, uh, uh, I heard a, a really inspiring visual artist speak at a job I do in Alaska where, um, we have a huge faculty of artists, teachers that, present their work on a regular basis. So I had this awesome woman talking about her work and she, she, you know, ranged from performance art to installation art to these like really stunning photographs and like really complicated paintings and um, was expressing her sort of angst and anger around people being like, so what do you do? And, and, and so there was this way in which she was like, Stop trying to put me in a box. But she said something that stuck with me and that I just frankly stole, which is I think form is a myth of our past. And when she said it, I was like, that is true. That thing she just said, that is true. Uh, And it took me probably two or three years to ingest it in a way where I could sort of say, like, I think I think. All artistic forms are a clumsy set of tools to express our experience, to express our humanity. And I think they're, you know, like only really as useful as like the way that they get the thing you're expressing out.
0: Mm. And so when you say when when you're talking about form here, you're talking about the actual artistic piece or what it, or like what what is form here? Yeah, like painting, drawing, Got it. acting, the, the art form art form mm-hmm. yeah the medium yeah mm-hmm. yeah and, and medium there is a is a myth of our our past i think so i think
1: i think the artist of the 21st century is actually required to be a, a visual producer and a creator of sound media and a, a stamp maker mm-hmm. and uh you know yeah <laughs> i mean i think you're a prime example of this person that like you You have expressed a lot of ideas for i mean for me for my perception of your artistic work is like you express these ideas about like being in community and you've expressed them through like community action visual arts projects and through this beautiful podcast that's like a window into uh, personal life like that's there's already a lot of form there mm. so if I say like okay so Ben you're a radio artist right you're a
0: that's really that's so interesting. Like, and it, it's I'm I'm sensing in myself like uh, a desire to sort of challenge this a little bit, which is Great. like super Do fun. It. Let's hear it. And you know, so thinking about like uh, categories. And mm-hmm. the both useful and problematic existence of them like i i I believe that categories are necessary to make meaning to perceive the the chaos in the world around us, however, if you're too beholden to them or the the boundaries are too um rigid rigid yeah. uh you get into trouble and people get angry, and like if yeah. something doesn't match what they preconceive they they fight. Uh, thinking I, and I think a lot of the emotions I, I'm thinking about gender specifically when I'm yeah. thinking about categories, I'm that, thinking that's about a
1: category like, that makes me so
0: mad, right. And, and makes so many people so mad. And like when there are, you know, when the binary is challenged, people are so mad. Some people.
1: Well, I think, you know, I think about this a lot. I think, I think gender is one that was problematic for me from a very early age. You know, like I announced at a very early age that I wanted to be a girl to my parents. And it was because I was immediately aware of how like unsuccessfully I was checking the boxes of being a boy. Wow. You know, like the, like namely, you know, growing up in a West Texas family in the Western United States, this like I didn't give a crap about football. In fact, I really hated when people threw things at me. Um, they hit me in the face. <laughs> God. Um, but I, you know, so it was like in an effort to be really successful, I was like, well, I, I suck at being a boy. And so I must, I must want that other thing.
0: Right. Cause that's the only other choice. If not boy equals girl. girl, Yeah. yeah.
1: That's the, there was like, there was no queer option yeah. for me. And like, like actually I experience myself now as a very like cisgendered male bodied person. Mm-hmm. Um, but with like a real queer fluid expression of self, Yeah. like I have, mm, I guess that's not true. Sure. I was about to say I have very few attachments to like male archetypal mm. behavior, but actually I have huge
0: attachments. Like it's what, all just reactive. What's your favorite, uh, aspect of maleness?
1: <laughs> mm, I mean, I have like a, a rich fantasy life that's all constructed around like male archetypal you know, like, I, I am a huge fanatic about the art and work of, like, Tom of Finland and like uh, physique pictorial era yeah, and yeah. these, like, uh, hyper-masculine representations of, and I love, like, the hyper-feminine, mm-hmm. it, I love the iconography, that word didn't want to come out of my face, <laughs> <I> love, <laughs> like, the iconography of gender and, the, yeah. like, uh, a really, like, aggressive performance of gender. Yeah. Both like socially and visually and like sexually. Yeah. Uh, uh, But then politically, I'm really, then then I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are all just games.
0: Right. But okay. So, but so this is actually right in line with thinking about art forms too, which are all a bit of a game too, right? So that like if you're a dancer, if you're an illustrator, if you're a, a theater director, there are societally constructed ways that that looks and especially in New York City especially here and now and it it feels like you have to play those games in order to exist like you you have to you have to do something you have to adopt some of the fanaticism of of a particular art form category you know what i mean like i don't think that's true tell tell me why not
1: i mean i think that that is uh so this i i i was talking to a really good friend about this this week about like how how a life in the arts has ended up actually looking you know which is sort of um i do a little bit of everything yeah you know, like, last last month, a uh, payment came through for illustrating a book cover that, like, was a gig I fell into. And, like, that was the linchpin moment to be able to, like, pay my bills and rent that moment that day. You know, like, in order to sustain a career in the arts, I've done everything from, like, my own branding and logo design to, like, have a, a brand for a company I created to, like, uh, you know... N- figuring out how to wire a light, you know, so so sort of the like scrappiness of a real artist's life. And so I was talking about, I, I sort of think there are those like virtuosic careers, the sort of like 1% of artistic reality. And I think that, um, you know, there is, there's a clear 1% at the top of forms. And I think for them, there's like a rigid set of borders to the form. But I also Often think that like some of the artist uh, humans that I interface with in my life like would fail in that area because they 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 have too many questions they have too much like curiosity and investigation and like it seems to me like if you do reach that like one percent echelon of a form like nobody wants you to do anything new or interesting you know Why? like. That nobody nobody wants to hear, uh, Pavarotti sing like
0: the blues. No, they're like no no no, just <laughs> do what you do, do that thing, do it really well. Don't do anything else. There's a there's a comfort in purity there. We Thank you for listening to Cozy Zone with me, lead. Ben Weber. This has been episode Find forty-eight, w. w T McCrae on Babel Day, Side A. Zone. Join us next time for Side B. And Ben, he interviews friends. It's awkward and then it's cozy zone. Occasionally it's a lovely thing to be nosy in somebody's cozy zone. So please, snuggle up sweet. A beautiful thing, it's cozy zone.